This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Crime Creeps, it's your pal Mark. And I'm Charity. And this is the Case Watch Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. You want to follow us directly on Instagram, I am at not Mark B. Charity is charity underscore Case Watch. Make sure you visit the website for links to all of our merch, stickers, plus you get to join the exclusive Crime Creep Club by clicking the Buy Us a Coffee tab. All this and more, www.casewatchpodcast.com. Com. That never gets old. It's no. like that old commercial that was like, dot com. I love it. I miss the 90s. I know. Me too. Could we bring them back. We could. All right, guys. A little bit of a case update. And this one comes courtesy of our crime creep, Ed. Ed, thank you very much for sending this in because I was not aware of this. All right. An update to Jasmine and Nicole Snyder. On November 6th, it was reported that in a suburban area on Livermore Road, just north of Williamsport, was being searched for the remains of two girls. Eight-year-old Jasmine Snyder and 11-year-old Nicole Snyder have not been seen or heard from since 2015. This is what the police chief, Christopher Kreiner, had to say. The fact that the two have not been seen in six years raises the possibilities they are dead. This home is where Mary Sue Snyder lived in since 2015 with her son, seven-year-old Jesse. The chief went on to say that the FBI has been brought in because of the missing children. 32-year-old Snyder was actually arrested at her place of work on Friday morning. She is charged with endangering the welfare of children and obstruction in a child abuse case. Basically, she's being accused of failing to care for her daughters and standing in the way of the investigation. Typical douche hag behavior. Another arrest for the same charge was also made. This would be to douche canoe 26-year-old Echo Butler, Snyder's girlfriend. These two were jailed without bail. Apparently, the two women and Snyder's son were living with Butler's parents in their home. Subsequently, Snyder's son was put in the hands of Children and Youth Services. This agency was called on to investigate September 7, 2021. They were notified by a medical provider that the young boy wasn't enrolled in school and could only count to 10 and had speech issues. He was also not toilet trained. Wow. That is unbelievable. And he could only say the first three letters of the alphabet. Little Jesse is seven, guys. Yeah, this Seven is sad. years old. I mean, talk about neglect. And this is, I have a question too, because they lived with the girlfriend's parents. Didn't the parents like notice something was strange with the little boy? You would think this, this is, wow. Well, as we read on, it gets even more crazy. Here's some information from the affidavit. On September 15th, when Snyder was asked about her daughter, she claimed that they were living with friends and being homeschooled. Chief Kreiner has said that she has never said the name of the friend. 
Isn't that really convenient? Yeah. Issues with friends. We don't know who they are. Oh, just, just wait. I mean, as we read on, just people will hear some more horrific things. The next day, child services told Snyder that he needed to see their daughters that day. Her response, she told them, well, the friend was out of town for family matter. And of course, the girls were with her. This is, I have lots of questions because these child, the child services, I mean, maybe their hands were tied because they didn't really have like evidence at the time but the so many questions how can you just not give the name of the person that your children are with all right come on casey anthony anybody ring any bells yeah that's true very true uh the same day snyder called the agency to tell them yet again the girls were out of state and didn't know the exact location she was of course told to get this info asap so okay you're telling her to get the information asap but is that all the child services can do you'd think they would like contact the law enforcement we're seriously lacking a lot of being able to do things in this society I think so I, people's hands i think get tied uh the owner of the house where the grounds were being searched ronald butler spoke with child services on september 26th he said that his daughter snyder and her son packed up their belongings and left interesting huh yeah that does sound interesting yep the girl's father joshua had not seen the girl since 2015 and this was due to custody and protection orders so it sounds like he was a douchebag too yeah or who knows, maybe they lied about him. That's possible. You don't Anything's know. Anything's possible. Michelle Butler told police that she had not seen the girls since Snyder moved in. And that was in 2015. Right. So didn't she ask where the, like, wouldn't you ask? So this is her daughter's girlfriend, living girlfriend. Well, she was. And she was told the same stories. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, but you believe them? I know. It's so strange. Between that, only the seeing the girls once and then the way the little boy was treated and that he couldn't really talk much and wasn't even toilet trained by the age of seven. Yeah, they didn't notice that the kid couldn't use the bathroom. Yeah, you'd ask lots of questions. These people seem a little sus to me. Yeah, you think so? Uh, She had believed that the woman and Jesse had left the house in September to avoid children and youth investigation. Oh, and that was okay with her? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's somebody that you want your, your child to be with. Nothing to see here. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, it was reported on September 8th that the remains of the small child were recovered at the property. Chief Kreiner said the remains found along Livermore Road will be sent to a pathologist. He says that the search involving the FBI continues. And you know what I just read, Mark? What's that? They found the other remains. So uh, both sisters were buried in that yard. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what a scumbag. Yep. That stuff makes me nauseous. I need a palate cleanser. Will you give me some triple D? Though I can get a little humor because I know you're probably going to get dark here really, really soon. I am. And I would love some triple D's. All right. Triple D coming your way. All right, Mark. Here's our first candidate for triple D. One wannabe thief had obviously watched too much TV. When the 29-year-old tried to break into his neighbor's house by using a bank card, he woke up the owner. In the thief's haste to get away, the card snapped in half, leaving behind his name and account details. The victim called up and read all the details off the card, police said. When we got to the burglar's house, the other half of his bank card was on his kitchen table. What a dimwit. <laughs> yeah, that's a dimwit. Steal somebody else's card if you're going to use that. Exactly. Hello, McFly. <laughs> McFly. Here's our next. Police in Marion County, Florida, pulled over 26-year-old Patreon Stokes. I'm just going to call him Stokes because I can't say that name again. For speeding this summer, after they apparently smelled marijuana, they searched his car, allegedly finding a bunch of drugs, specifically meth, crack, and heroin, and money. Allegedly. They took him. <laughs> allegedly. They took him into custody, but when they arrived at the station, the money had vanished. It was a short-lived mystery. Money started falling out of his backside in the form of $20 bills, like he was some kind of gastrointestinal ATM. 
According to a Facebook post from the county sheriff's office, after a necessary but undesirable process for everyone involved, MCSO detention deputies located $1,090 in U.S. currency hidden in Stokes' rectum. All right. I got to know if that's where the money comes out, where do you put the card? I don't know. I just have to know these things. These are, these are priorities. I don't know. Stokes received one charge for his rectal magic trick, as well as a, a litany of drug charges. What? How must? How did he get it up there? Gross. Wasn't he handcuffed? Yeah. I, I need more information on this. I kind of do, too. Smuggling. That's like magic. That, that is. It's like David Blaine. <laughs> the gastro. What did, what did they say? It was a uh, gastrointestinal ATM. ATM. I love it. Awesome. All right, Charity, please tell me you have another good one to wrap up this round of Triple D. I do. So an Alabama man, he robbed four subways and it was because, do you remember the Jared diet? Yes. We don't want to talk about Jared. No. But the Jared diet, everyone remembers that. He lost like all this weight. Here we go. Police are calling it a case of revenge. A man's failed journey to weight loss could be to blame for a string of subway restaurant robberies in Alabama. The police say the suspect apparently got his hopes up after seeing commercials of other success stories. Zachary Torrance, 18, was arrested Friday after he allegedly robbed four subway restaurants over four days. He stated to the detective that he had attempted the quote unquote Jared diet and it didn't work for him. Police Chief Chuck Hagler said he felt like he should get his money back. Subway spokesman Jared Fogle lost 245 pounds in one year after eating a steady diet of Subway sandwiches. Police say when the focus on footlongs didn't pay off for Torrance, he targeted sandwich artists across the Birmingham area. My first reaction to that is that is a crazy thing to say, but there has to be something because all he did was rob Subways. Torrance, who weighs over 200 pounds, is now behind bars on $250,000 bond. The alleged jilted dieter may have missed the part of the Subway commercial that states, Jared believes in an active lifestyle, including lots of walking or something about results may vary. Torrance was nabbed after surveillance video was posted on the police department's Facebook page. In the video, Torrance can be seen walking into a Subway restaurant, pulling out a gun and demanding that employees open the cash register. The footage was viewed by 150,000 people in 24 hours. Lee Martin spotted Torrance shopping for a gun holster at Walmart and alerted police. All of a sudden, he turned the curb and was looking for a gun holster, Martin said. He recognized Torrance because of his orange shoes, which he also wore while robbing the Subway restaurant. Torrance could be facing additional charges in the three other suspected robberies. Wow. All right. First off, I need to say I have tried to eat healthy too. Like I will buy the hundred calorie snacks and right. then I'll eat the whole box. Yeah. I still want to know why it doesn't work. Right. I eat them all at once. I mean, we're but on the same boat with this guy, but we don't go robbing places. I don't agree with their portion control. So I just eat the whole box, but it says hundred calorie snacks and they're healthy for you. And also Jared isn't the type of person you want to emulate yourself to be. Well, at least they're both in jail now. Very true. All Very right. true. Next. Next. All right. Before we continue on, let's take a moment and thank one of our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, welcome back. Charity, what do you have to present for us today? 
So I have a murder case. And, uh, of course. Yeah. And um, guys, this one is very disturbing. Uh, not, not like the other ones weren't, but it involves a younger girl. And I'll, I'll do what I always do before the really gory stuff comes. I will say it, that it's coming so that people, if they don't want to listen to it or if they're trigger warning, they'll skip ahead. I'm just going to get into it. I'm not going to really say any names in the beginning. Okay, jump right in. So this happened in Manchester, England, the United Kingdom. And it's known as the most gruesome murder in Britain's history. Okay. First, we're going to ask the question, who was James Smith? So he was a divorced man living in Groton, Manchester. He had been married for 10 years, and apparently he was very violent towards his wife. And this would be why she would ultimately divorce him in 1980. From 1980 to 1982, James would have a relationship with a 20-year-old named Tina Watson. And it was said that she was his punching bag. She would even endure beatings while pregnant with his child. Oh, what a scumbag. Yep. Luckily, she was able to escape from him, but not before he tried to drown her while she was taking a bath. Nice guy, right? Yeah, super nice. Yeah, really nice. And again, as I read this, we're going to question why was he never stopped before? He just slipped right through. That's what scares me. The more and more cases yeah. we cover, and it's everywhere. just unbelievable people, how much stuff gets away with. These people are everywhere. It's now 1982 and we meet 15-year-old Wendy Motorsheed, 15 years old. This was clearly an illegal relationship, and this poor girl suffered the horrible abuse as well. And during one attack, James tried to drown her by putting her head in the kitchen sink. What is this guy with drowning people? Not succeeding, thank God, but hello. Yeah, I have no respect for this dude. This brings us to 1993, the year that James would meet Kelly at the innocent age of just 14 years old. This guy is a predator. So Kelly Ann Bates was born in 1978 on May 18th to parents Margaret and Tommy Bates. The family lived in a small town called Hattersley. Kelly had a great life as a child and would soon blossom into a smart, confident 14-year-old girl. It was said that Kelly always had a great, super close bond with both her parents. It seemed the three of them couldn't possibly be any closer. This entire family dynamic would change drastically when Kelly would meet a boy in 1993. Enter James Smith. As soon as Kelly met James, she knew she wanted to be his girlfriend. He was very outgoing, and the two of them began a fast relationship, ongoing for two years. Kelly kept many details about James quiet from her parents, so they just assumed he was a boy that she met at school. Kelly's parents started becoming extremely concerned when she would sneak out of the house at night and sometimes wouldn't come home for days at a time. This wasn't like their daughter at all. They wanted to know where she was going. I would too. Of course. I mean, and, and from what it sounds like, they were so close and so bonded and they told each other everything. And then all of a sudden she's starting to act weird. She's sneaking out. She has this boyfriend. So they're starting to get a little concerned. Just before Margaret and Tommy would meet James for the first time, he would begin to call the house. Margaret at first thought it was so sweet that he would call and ask where Kelly was, almost like he was worried about her well-being. Well, that's not what was happening. She would later find out that this wouldn't be care, but obsession. So here we go, right? The obsession, the needing to know where she is at all times, the controlling aspect of it. This is where all this starts to come in. Oh, boy. Yep. It so goes downhill from here. Yep. So Margaret has said that the first time she met James, she got a horrible feeling, maybe like a mother's instinct, I would assume. I think we've all had those types of feelings. And she felt a kind of darkness. And she even said the hairs in the back of her neck would rise. Like she was quoted as saying that when she met him, she felt all these things. She was having like a physical reaction to the horrible feeling she was getting. Can you imagine? And that's the guy that your daughter's dating. Oh yeah, douche bumps everywhere. Douche bumps. I even got, have some douche bumps from this one, Mark. So Margaret was quoted as saying, I tried everything I could to get Kelly Ann away from him. 
sad. Unfortunately, when you're in that age group, when you push your child to go away from something, you're actually just pushing them to it. So it's a very fine line that you need to walk there to try to show them the right way to go. Exactly. So let's fast forward a little bit now. Kelly's 16 years old and it would be revealed that James was not a fellow high school student at all, which is what Margaret and Tommy thought. He was actually a 32 year old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was a man that Callie would move in with after leaving school. So she dropped out of school to move in with him. Again, the control. He's probably like, move in with me. I need to control you. I need to know where you are at all times. And you don't need to be going to school. Why do you need to go to school? Yeah, you need to be here to serve me. Right. She what would, a douche. Yep. Yeah, this is not going to end well. So Kelly would move home from time to time due to the horrible arguing, quote unquote, that would go on with James. Margaret and Tommy would notice tons of bruising all over her body. She would, of course, just tell them that she was accident prone and that, you know, she did it herself. She walked into something. But these parents, you could tell were. If I was her dad, I'm pretty sure her boyfriend would have an accident. He would walk into my fist. That's that's Mm -hmm. one thing for sure. Yep. So regardless of moving back with her parents, she would move back in with James in November of 1995. Things started to get really strange in December of that year. So Kelly would quit her part-time job and became very quiet. And by March 1996, contact with her parents would physically stop. They would only receive like birthday cards or anniversary cards. And they were all written by James. Yeah. Yeah. Something's not adding up there. So Kelly's brother was so worried that he even stopped by the house to see her. And of course, he was told that she wasn't home. And there was a neighbor that was concerned when she saw Kelly in the window, because at that point she was like never leaving the house. James was keeping her away from all of those that loved her, which is so typical. Oh, what a scumbag. Now we're going to be talking about the murder. This part's not super gory, so I think people can kind of listen to this part. Like I said, I'll let them know. Okay. So James walked into the local police department on April 16th, 1996. He was eerily calm, and he explained to the police that he accidentally killed his girlfriend, Kelly. He said the accident happened while she was in the bath, and try as he made her to resuscitate her, he was just unable to do so. What is with him in water? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, let's take a break to thank one of our sponsors. And when we come back, go ahead and tell us. All right, Charity, we are back. I need to know more about this guy. Yeah. Police quickly went to the scene of James' home. As soon as they saw Kelly, they knew instantly, like instantly, that this was no accident. They found her body in the bedroom naked and it was said that she was unrecognizable. James was arrested right away and Kelly's abused body was taken to the pathologist, William Lawler. William would later say, Kelly's injuries were the worst of any murder victim he had examined and he had examined well over 600 murder victims. This examination would show 150 separate injuries. Oh my God. So guys, this is where it gets really bad. So if there's a trigger warning or you just don't want to hear, fast forward. All right. Okay. You have been warned. Here is a list of some of the injuries poor Kelly had endured. It's just some of the things. So keep that in mind. Oh boy. There was scalding to her buttocks and left leg. There were burns on her thigh caused by an iron. Oh my God. She had a fractured arm. She had multiple stab wounds inflicted by knives, forks, and scissors. Forks? And scissors. Oh my. This, it gets worse. Stab wounds inside of her mouth. Crush injuries to both hands. Mutilation of her eyes, ears, eyebrows, mouth, lips, and genitals. Uh, wounds caused by a spade and pruning shears. Both of her eyes were gouged out. Stab wounds to the empty eye sockets, Mark. Partial scalping. An actual cause of death was drowning. 
So, so she lived through just, all that other stuff. Just listen, it gets bad. So apparently uh, Kelly's eyes were removed between five days to three weeks before <gasps> her death, according to the pathology report. The pathologist went on to report that she had been starved and hadn't been given any water for at least several days before her death. Wow. This, this has m- got to be one of the scummiest oh, of scums so that we've talked about so far. This monster would not admit to murdering Kelly. He would instead put the blame on her, saying, she would put me through hell, winding me up. He would also say that she had a bad habit of hurting herself to make it look worse on me and that she would constantly taunt him about his dead mother. He also said that she was harmed in such a horrific way because she had dared him to do it, pretty much asking for it. I'm going to go ahead and call uh, bullcrap because she was asking for you to gouge her eyes out. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then stab inside the eye sockets. Right. And none of those were the things that killed her. Excuse me, sir. Can you go ahead and violate my genital areas? Yeah, please. That would be awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I hope this guy gets his in prison. Well, obviously no one believed his stupid words because it only took a jury one hour to come back with a guilty verdict. He was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 25 years. This is what the judge had to say. This has been a terrible case a catalog of depravity by one human being upon another. You are a highly dangerous person. You are an abuser of women. And I intend so far in my power that you will abuse no more. And then after that, counseling was actually brought in for the jury to help them process what they had seen in those pictures. This is absolutely nuts. Yep. So Margaret, Kelly's mom, would say after the verdict, I want him to die just like Kelly did. I know I shouldn't say this, but I wish I'd killed him the first time I saw him. That way, Kelly would still be alive. And so sadly, Mark, Margaret died 24 years after her daughter's murder on December 17th, 2020. She was 65 at the time of her death, and she passed away after battling a long illness. But friends would also say that the imminent release, the release of her daughter's killer had been weighing heavily on her mind. He, right, wait, I have to make sure you said that right. The you release, said release. 25 years. He could go before the parole office. There should be no, like I've said before, there should be cases where there is no possibility of parole. And, and there are cases with the Catherine Knight, we saw that. Oh, yeah. But I don't understand. He wouldn't admit that he did it, but they proved in court that he did it. I thought in order to be let out, you had to acknowledge your crimes. But this is a different country, so I don't know their laws over there. Over here, you actually have to admit to doing that before you can say that I've been, quote unquote, rehabilitated. Right. And he's not out right now. So hopefully he went before the board at the 25 years, the parole board. And they said, uh, no, I, I hope he never gets out. I hope this he guy never deserves gets out. to spend the rest of his life. That poor little, she was a little girl. Yeah. She was 16 years old. She didn't know any better. No, no. And he's for him older to man. say that she asked for this. Disgusting. I hope this guy got his in prison. I really do. Oh, I hope he met Bubba. And that's how he's spending all his days. Things that were done to her should be done to him 25 million times a day. I agree 100%. Charity, thank you for bringing this case out to us. This is another one that I don't know. Uh, We had a lot of cool ones coming up that our creeps have been sending us. Oh my gosh. Every day we get new new cases to look into. We, We thank you guys so much for that. We are building our catalog of cases. When you guys send them in, it's not just you. A bunch of you do. So when we get a bunch of the same case coming in, that moves it up on the list of the cases that we're going to cover because we want to give you what you want to hear. And like I said, Case Watch Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Pod on Twitter, text voicemail 603-212-4600 or email it to us, info at casewatchpodcast.com. This is how we're building what cases we're going to cover. And we absolutely love talking to you guys. Yeah, keep it coming, guys. Keep the comments coming. We love it.
All right, guys, before we go, I want to give a shout out to one of our Crime Creep members, Amber. Hello, Amber. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amber. We're so excited to have you with us. Amber went ahead and went over to www.casewatchpodcast.com, clicked the Buy Us a Coffee tab, and she is a Crime Creep legend. Thank you so much. You guys want to join her over there in the special club? Go ahead and do the same thing. You get exclusive content and yep. you get shouted out on the show as well. That's right. And a little secret, we will be pulling people from the Crime Creep Legend status when we do our live shows and bring you onto the show if you wanted to come on and join one of our live broadcasts. Yep. So if you would like to be a part of one of our live shows, go ahead and do what Amber did. All right, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. We cannot thank you enough for sticking around, and we'll see you next episode. Bye, guys. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.